Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Very tough to pick out a lead story for today's uh, show, David Olson. we got the NBA lockout maybe coming to a close as the talks are heating up. we got the Cubs possibly uh, finishing the deal for Theo Epstein. And who is it? Uh, Jed Hoyer, I think, is the next guy coming. you got all that happening for the Cubs. you got the World Series. we got to start previewing the football games coming up. We also have uh, apparently the death of Mohamar Gaddafi, the second baseman, starting second baseman and manager for the Libya Rebels baseball team, not the Rebels. David Shaken Man. All right, tough decision what to leave. We'll figure it out. We also have a beer drinking tiv- trivia contest, which we're going to give to the big dog. All that and more here on the Two Guys at a Mike Show. Thanks for joining us on a not so lovely Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. Let's listen to some music and we'll introduce our esteemed guests. He's not really a guest. He just feels like one because he checks in via the telecommunicative phone lines. He is actually our co-host, and I've called him a lot of things. But, Big Dog, I don't think I've ever called you esteemed. I just thought I'd throw that out for you. How are you, my friend? Now, you said I was esteemed before, especially yes. after some of your crazy comments you've given me over the last eight years. <laughs> Part of my job is to get you esteemed, but I don't think that I've ever introduced you as esteemed. And uh, I don't know. The shoe fits. It sounded pretty good. Uh, well, well, I'll take it, Coach. I'm not really going to worry too much about that. Actually, i, I got to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty happy about about the show that you did yesterday. And what, what did you call your new segment? Uh, seek and ye shall find. Did well, you get some, some good response? Oh, yes, I, I got good response. Really? As a matter of fact, I got a couple emails from people, some very interesting ones. And and since then, I, you know, I have been seeking, just to let you know, and I found some crazy stuff today, just to let you know. There just is, a, there I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about the crazy stuff. You can throw it out at me. I throw the trash at you yesterday. You handled it extremely well. There are people, there are emailers that say we should actually drop the sports, at least most of it, and cover more general information like we did yesterday. Uh, you know what? I, I would really like that, but I still want to give my football picks out on Friday. Well, that's that's a given. Yeah, you know what? You know, I, I, yeah. I am an avid, foaming at the mouth football fan. To mm-hmm. deny me that would just be like, we shouldn't even yeah. do a radio show. No, there are some things that's sacred with the two guys in a mic show. We used to be the morning break show, the Big Dog and Coach Connection and Football Fridays and Beat the Schmoes and the Big Dog's football picks. Those will live through eternity, Big Dog. Well, this is good, Coach. This is good. Yeah. And, and especially, we might be driving bigger cars if, if David Olson continues to be as hot as he's been the last couple of weeks. You think we can ride his coattails or hang out of the tailpipe or whatever it might be? Why not? I mean, well, he's something, he's like 800 over 500 over the last couple <laughs> weeks. It's good. Yeah. It's good. And normally, you know, we're pretty experienced at this. Uh, some guys that get on their little temporary hot streaks, they feel the pressure. You can see it start to get to them. And Big Dog, you're not here, but I get to witness it's it each and every day. Uh, cool. Calm. It's as if he's like 500 on his football pick. To me, unless he's doing a good job hiding it, Feeling no pressure, he is just coasting along at a very comfortable and successful rate. It's good to be that way, Coach. And 
you know, my personal life is kind of getting that way. But I, hopefully, my personal life, I, I get to that. Actually, I can just be cool, yeah. calm, and collected, yeah. and, and you know, and be good with everything. How was the most recent chase? I'm hoping uh, you have similar recent. success to David Olson has beat the Schmoes football picks. Yeah, well, I uh, believe yesterday you described yourself, and it's really been for a couple of weeks now. You are a defensive end on, I don't know if you're using swim technique or outside rush, but you are in hot pursuit. Yeah, it's like, uh, at first, at first, I, I will admit, because I, I was, I, I was like, I mean, it's a good thing, coach. It's definitely a good thing to actually go after. Extremely good thing to be going yeah. after. But at first, I have to admit, I may have been in a little bit like full court press. Okay. Like forty minutes of hell, Nolan Richardson. Do you know what I mean? That's what yeah. it was at first. And Which is not that's, that's not typical your style. Uh, I, I, I don't really even have a style. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It's just, you know. So you're the type that you will you will uh, you'll as a coach you will adopt to the personnel you have, so to speak, in your social life. Well, I, I haven't really had feelings like this. So I was doing stuff that I'm not typically doing. Wow. You know what I'm saying, coach. Wow. So now, does the quarterback that's being pursued from the backside, pardon the expression? Does she realize, uh, I'm assuming it's a she, does she realize that she is being chased down from the back set? Oh, I don't think there's any question on her part that okay. she knows that uh, she's getting wooed is the best thing that I can say. She goes, <laughs> now, um, no, no, without question, I like to go. But, you know, I don't know her that much. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, I'm trying to pull back. But it's pretty cool, though. It's all good, Coach. Mm-hmm. It's all good. I was going to I love when you're in hot pursuit, Big Dog. It makes for a better show, quite frankly. When you're in a stable relationship, <laughs> sometimes the show goes a little flat. I think we're much better when you are uh, in between social situations, if you know what I mean. Well, uh, that, that's quite all right, Coach. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. How about that Notre Dame-USC game, huh? Well, yeah, let's, like, let's talk about other things. I certainly hope so. All right, well, you said you had a crazy, couple of crazy items to bring up. Willing to talk yeah. about that. We do got to bring up the NBA lockout because, uh, what was it, 12, and a half, 12 hours, two days ago, eight and a half hours yesterday, and they're in uh, serious negotiations today. So, Big Dog, I don't know if you have any insight. I know you have people that know some people. Maybe you can at least take a gander of what might be going on. But do you think um, – you think NBA basketball might be in the near horizon the way these talks are going? No, I'm not. I'm not saying you got the the hours wrong about what you just said, but I think twelve hours and two Tuesday was the big day. Okay, well, yesterday they just they they interviewed Amari Stoudemire and he was like sitting in a chair, mm-hmm. his knees, his hands, his elbows were on his knees, and he's kind of slumped over. And somebody asked him a question, and all he said was, "Man, I've been in there for sixteen hours." That's all he said. All right. Because so. <laughs> my, my sources told me eight and a half hours, and my sources typically is ESPN2 at about 8 o'clock. No, I just thought it was funny the only response <laughs> he could have is what, what, after 16 hours of thinking you can't go out for 16 hours in a minute? I mean, I, mean, I just thought it was kind of funny the response. <laughs> was it that dramatic? Was it that exhausting? So Why, why, are the, why is it only the NBA stars that are negotiating? Shouldn't it be more of a cross-section? I guess you got Derek Fisher who is an ex-star, but he's not really like a superstar. Now, he's leading the way, but it just seems like the, the top 10 or 12 guys are, are over-representing what might be the case for the rest of the NBA players. Oh, yeah, well, you, you might have an excellent point there, Coach. You know, like people forget that, yes, those guys do get about 85% of the money, mm-hmm. but the guys that get the other 10 guys on the team that get the other 15% of the money, yes. kind of like how the United States is right now. Yes. Is, you know, so... Maybe they'll have, like, Occupy, uh, where is the NBA headquarters? 
That would be in New York, Coach. And okay. Maybe Keith Bogans could lead and occupy the NBA offices in New York for the poor, downtrodden 10th and 11th, 12th NBA players only making $2 million a year. Yeah, Jack Haley could be the representative. <laughs> Jack Haley. Oh, goodness. All right, so I'm assuming you don't have any inside uh, knowledge, uh, but I'll go on your instinct because as long as you're not predicting college football with no preparation, your instinct is usually pretty good. What do you think? Does it end here soon or stalemate? Long time. No, I, I think it's going to be done pretty soon. They, they brought in like uh, a mediator, and that's, that's I, I hope I do hope there's going to be a season. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be done over the next couple of days, but I do think that there'll still be a season this year. I was thinking that there wasn't going to be for a while. I actually was. I was like, oh, there won't be a season, but I, I, they'll mm-hmm. be playing basketball. This okay, season. David. Well, the lawsuits are starting to get, get an emotion for the people that are being affected outside of the league. Lawsuits. Like, oh, yeah, for example, Memphis. Memphis, the taxpayers flipped the bill for their new arena. Yeah. And so from the games that are played there, the Grizzlies pay the, the bonds to back to the city of Memphis. And if there are no games being played, they're not getting paid their money back. Well, they will so, eventually. Well, it's not the, it's not the way their contract yeah, was structured. No sympathy for the people of Memphis, sir. What, what, what are you talking about, Coach? Well, these people had to fit the bill. Why couldn't the owner buy the freaking stadium? They well, had, that's that's the a different. Owner, oh, the owner decides, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to borrow money from the people of Memphis under the, and then and not only am I going to do that. I'm going to be all for the lockout, making sure that games aren't being played. Mm-hmm. Trust me, the Memphis owner is all about the lockout because he wants more money from the Chicago and Los Angeles and and New York. So don't give me crap about well, that. That Memphis guy is like, you know, don't borrow don't borrow money for a stadium if you know you're going to lock out and won't have games. Period. Now the borrowing money and who should pay it—that's a whole different story. But the fact that the you know strike is going on, I mean, basically whatever money that they were going to get from the home dates or wherever the money comes in, they're still going to get. And talking about the so taxpayers of the fund. Oh, no, the, the, the games are canceled. They're not well, going to get that eventually they're going to get them. No, they're not because the, the games, games are canceled, are so that canceled. money is Well, what long. about the games when they're played? What about, well, let's say this season's canceled. Oh, look, let's start with next season and we'll get the money back then. But that's not the point. These are bonds that have due dates that the money you're supposed to pay the money on. Okay. Exactly. Well, extend exactly. the due date. No, you can't just do that, Coach. Sure I what, can. What are, what, do you live in Greece? Uh, I thought about it. Increase, and look what that's done to the Euro. I mean, Coach, sometimes the people in Memphis are right. You have an owner there that's first and foremost. I forget the guy's name, but they're all about, oh, yeah, we're locking these people out. We're not. Well, then why did you sign a deal that – because right now all these dates are supposed to be paying back the money that they owe Memphis, and they're never going to get these dates back, Coach. They'll never get them back. They're, they're done. So they, they, the owner should pay it out of his pocket. I'm torn between continuing this argument and saying that they're absolutely in extenuating circumstances. You extend the bond one more year and you collect the proper tax paying, and I'm torn between that and uh, apologizing to the fine folks in Memphis for my misconspreciation. I just, I, I just, the guy basically <laughs> did the deal owner bad faith. If he wasn't the one, like, out foremost about this, well, we need to lock the players out, mm-hmm. then, uh, then I wouldn't, I'd understand. I totally understand, Coach. Right. You know what I mean? I was like, hey, the guy's got a business. He doesn't want to. He wants to actually have games. This guy's the first one thing. We'll shut you down. Mm-hmm. So he's right. going to that Memphis Grizzly basketball. It's right there for you. All complaints can be sent to <laughs> www.memphisgrizzly.com.
basketball.com. Please don't send them to us. Let me throw out our phone number real quick. You want to check in? we got lots of topics today. Leading off with the NBA lockout and the big dog social life, not necessarily in that order. It's 888-463-6748. The phone number again, 888 Yes, David. And then there's a similar situation going on in oh. Orlando oh boy, where they built the new arena. And they brought in a whole business district surrounding the the, the arena. And all these people are losing everything because there's nothing going on there at the arena. And they were brought in. They're they're brought in due to promises made to them by the organization. So, should the owner, in good faith, Big Dog, be uh, giving some money back? If they made a deal, I don't know how the Orlando guy has been with uh, like uh, we need to lock everybody out. I, I don't know how that is, but if you think about the situation. I don't know if they need to get money back there. I don't want to say that, but in Memphis, it's, it's blatantly obvious to me they need to repay those bonds. But think about all the deals they made. Like, hey, if you open up this bar right here, you know what, during our 41 home dates, mm-hmm. you're probably going to have at least an extra 500 people in your bar. They spend 50 bucks each, blah, blah, blah. That's 25 grand. You know, to them, that's open up that bar, those 41 home dates will pay for everything they have throughout the year, and then any other business they have throughout the year is how they make their profit. Mm-hmm. And every time you take a home date away from them, I mean, these people had, I don't know how the Orlando owner's been, because if, if I would have like known this whole story, I probably would look into that more. But I think that plays a part into it, like how, how what their role is in the lockout or whatnot. If they don't want it, I wouldn't, I, as an owner, I wouldn't, or like a bar owner, I wouldn't be upset about it. Mm-hmm. I'd just be mad at the NBA right now. Okay. You're starting You're starting to turn my sentiment, Big Doe. I'm starting to uh, come on over to the other side. Starting to feel for the fine folks of Memphis and, uh, as David Olson said, Orlando as well. Yeah, think about all these people that were counting on NBA games to be played. Mm-hmm. I mean, really all of like like uh, beer vendors, uh, people, uh, people who just work at the stadium selling peanuts. Yep. You know what I'm saying? These maybe they were like, you know, what this is going to actually pay my rent. All of a sudden, they're like, wow. Oh yeah. You know, like that, Marketing of, people, salespeople, ticket takers, the ushers, the cleanup crew. I mean, there's tons of adjunct people that are affected by the strike. That's that's definitive. Sure, and the cities that are NBA-only cities are the ones that are going to be impacted the hardest. For example, like the vendors and you know, the beer sellers and all that stuff mm-hmm. at uh, the United Center aren't going to be affected that much because they still got the Blackhawks going on. Yeah. You, you, go, you go into some of these other little smaller markets, that's all they have, like, like for example, Orlando and Memphis. That's mm-hmm. all they've got going on in that arena is that basketball team. And Portland, you know, another good one. Yeah, but and Memphis, Portland, and Oklahoma City, um, where else like, is it? NBA only? There's not a bad unemployment rate in Portland. I mean, people are getting jobs out there, but in Orlando, I mean, somebody might their only job might be a part-time job selling peanuts at at that stadium. So it's certain areas these people are really hurt. So luckily in football they didn't miss anything. Uh, basketball. If they get the deal done now, I think they can redo the schedule and they're only going to end up missing mm-hmm. about uh, like 12 games. So that would be like six home days. Yep. You know, that is not that – you can make that up. That's not that big of a deal. Third day of negotiations ongoing as we speak. Producer extraordinaire David Olson will keep his eye on the uh, wire line. If we see any news breaking, we'll let you know. And uh, I think both me and the Big Doug expect something to break in the next couple of days. Again, you want to check in, 888 888- Four six three sixty seven 
48, the phone number, big dog and a coach dog. Uh, getting off the sports page real quick, I did mention, uh, and again, reported off the wire lines here that Mohamar Gaddafi apparently, apparently has officially been deceased. Uh, pictures of his body being led away. Apparently the uh, ex-leader of the fine country of Libya, Mohamar Gaddafi, no longer with us. Your thoughts in eight words or less. Um, I am <laughs> extremely worried about who takes over in the Middle East. Libya up for grabs, Egypt mm-hmm. up for grabs, Syria, Jordan, kind of up for grabs and will soon be up for grabs. Uh, right now, as a rational Western civilization thinking person, I am extremely worried about what's going on in Africa and the mm-hmm. Middle East right now. As we all are, but, the, but, but still, it doesn't mean that you're not upset with some of these vicious leaders. When I say vicious, people that were not afraid to use their people to kill others and to... Uh, you know, to take in tons and tons of money while others are starving and dying. I mean, just vicious, cruel people. You are not sorry to see those leaders being removed. Oh, absolutely not. But here's the problem is rational thinking people that don't want to yield power over somebody is not going to end up who's going to take charge in these countries over there. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Someone who's going to take over in these countries is somebody who is power-hungry, willing to do anything it takes to become a leader, and then when they finally get power, who knows what these freaks mm-hmm. are going to do. That is the problem with a lot of societies, uh, you know, in the, on the world, in the, on the planet right now. So, okay, we did, by the way, get an email, interesting, here from Costume Store Kurt. And Costume Store Kurt, who emailed us at, <laughs> at Mike2Guys at AOL.com, M-I-C in the number two, Mike2Guys, AOL.com. You can send your emails in. Um, costume store Kurt wants to know the Muammar Gaddafi mask apparently was like the third or fourth most popular mask for the upcoming Halloween. Big dog still okay now that he has officially passed away. Is it still politically correct? Okay to use that costume or maybe uh, put that away for a rainy day? No, it's too soon. It's too soon. It's <laughs> <laughs> too soon. You have to wait at least so, until the 20th in order to actually wear a Halloween costume, Coach. No, I'm not talking about today. I'm talking about on Halloween. Oh, will no, it still be quite all right. Uh, that, that's quite all right. So it's okay. So costume yeah. store Kurt will not have to feel guilty <laughs> <laughs> about selling the no, Gaddafi no. mask. No. Okay. I didn't mean the... people were going to wear it today. Now, there I completely agree with you. Oh, oh, oh I, I, I didn't know you wanted to know if you could do the, yes. the Muammar Gaddafi. Well, that's it's, what I would have to Yeah, it's the third or fourth most popular mask, you know, and that might not be cool, but you're saying it's okay. Oh, without question. Okay. I, I got to do something good this year, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but I definitely want it to be tasteless. But I, I don't want to cross <laughs> the line. Okay? I definitely don't want to cross I'm, the line. Totally. I don't know. What is it? October 20th today. So it, it, It's a week from Monday. Yeah. I am completely not into it so far. I'm waiting to... Feel the movement, big dog. And normally, I've got the you know the lawn decorated and stuff like that. I'm totally not into it as of this early point. I apologize. Yeah, well, I, like I'm into it, and I might be doing like a, a haunted Halloween paddle for for water riders. Oh, I like it. But I, I love the idea too. And as a matter of fact, I've come up with all these uh, different stories. I've had uh, somebody actually send me this unbelievable great website for these haunted stories about Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm all prepared, and like they're they're like, well. Uh, I'm asking, when are you going to start promoting it? When are you going to hook it up? Well, I haven't done it yet. It's almost the 20th. It's, today's the 19th, isn't it? I think it's, it's 11 days away. 20th today. 20th. I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit curved, Coach. Well, how so. are you How are you going to do a haunted tour on kayaks on October? Typically, it's 
not exactly the weather you want to be on the Illinois River in a kayak. Well, Chicago we'll be on the Chicago River. Yes, I apologize. If we were on the Illinois River, we'd have Asian carp landing in our, in our kayaks, which would be cool. <laughs> and it'd be much harder to pick out the famous buildings. So that's, that's the problem. So he's kind of being lukewarm over this, mm-hmm. and it's kind of bothering me. Because okay. I was like, you know, people can dress warm when they go out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, it's, this year i got to come up with a good tasteless, but not too tasteless, well, uh, Halloween. Uh, I will, by the way. I'll pass here. on your email, by the way, to Costume Store Kurt. I'm sure he can hook you up. There's a place called The Lodge in Lyle, and every year, I don't know the exact date, I don't know if it's on Halloween, but they have a costume, part, I mean, a, a contest for the most tasteless costume <laughs> of all time. And, Coach, I went there one year, <laughs> and legitimately, like, I almost peed myself. Because, I mean, how upset people got. Like, I can't believe you're wearing that. And they, like, you know what happened, Dave? Big Dog almost peed him. He actually did pee himself, and he won third place in the contest. <laughs> no, that was definitely tasteless. <laughs> well, one year, uh, a guy came as the Twin Towers with the planes. Oh, and, boy. And a, a fight started. Like, a That's, guy, like, yeah, started punching yeah, the guy. Yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah, I mean, but it's a tasteless. I understood. I was like, that guy may have crossfire. And this was, like, mm-hmm. 2003, Coach. Well, I told you I did one on the uh, back of my younger days. I did one on Navy Pier. And you remember, uh, who was it, Leon Klinghoffer, the Jewish that dude in the brilliant. wheelchair that got pushed off by some terrorist dude, pushed off of a cruise liner? Yeah, yeah. Remember I, that? I, I, the, the, the Achille Laura. Laura. Yeah. That's it, the Achille, Achille Laura. Achille Laura, yeah. I think they were also the AAA champions in the Southern Charlotte League this year, Achille Laura. But uh, so one year, I, uh, me and a partner dressed up. He wore the Arabian outfit. I sat in a wheelchair with a cast and crutches, and he pushed me around in the wheelchair on Navy Pier. Now that that was right after the Leon Kling offer. That would if the Lodge and Lyle was going, then we might have might have taken an honorable mention there. <laughs> <laughs> he had the whole Arabian outfit. It was pretty good too. Who, whose idea was that? The two of us. We we spent it was about four or five years in a row when we uh, did a, a, a duo collective poor taste Halloween situation. Now, uh, if uh, like if I ever do like if I meet like a real nice girl. And I want to do the Jack Kennedy, uh, Jackie Kennedy, like, uh, the day of the assassination. Like, get her, like, in the pink outfit, you know, and have, like, I've always wanted to do that. Now, that's pretty yeah. tasteless, but that's, that's almost yeah. 50 years now I can do that. Find out if you can for our listeners and for me personally when that, uh, if they still have the tasteless Halloween costume contest, because that might be worth a trip out to the beautiful western suburbs. That sounds I, like I will definitely find out. I, okay. I know somebody that actually slings uh, alcohol up there, so that won't be a problem. <laughs> All right. His hey. name is Cookie, by the way. That's his name. I think it's his real name from his from his like his God given name. Cookie. Cookie. Yeah. All right. Has Cookie ever met your roommate Cloudy? Because I think Cookie and Cloudy would get along well. No, it's their friends. It's really not my friend. It's all of their friends. So, yes, ah. Cloudy and Briano and okay. Jorge, they yeah, they know Cookie very well. I'm very glad Cloudy knows Cookie. All right, 888-463-6748, the phone number, user-friendly sports talk radio here. Give us a call, Big Dog and the Coach Dog, before we get into some hard-hitting sports talk. You said you had a couple items you dug up uh, kind of piggybacking on our Seek and Ye Shall Find segment from yesterday. What you got? Well, I'm definitely piggybacking on it because uh, this isn't just seek and you shall find segment. For years, Coach, you have brought up your fascination, and you're, you're determined that there's going to be a man that actually gives yes. birth to a, to a baby. Well, yeah. I'll let you know, it, it hasn't happened in the way that you would have wanted it to happen. 
Well, it's not that I want it to happen. I just think it's going to happen. Well, um, your thing is, is like a man's going, they're going to figure out how he can carry it and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, it it just so happened Uh that a, a transgender woman who decided to be changed into a man, but she kept her reproductive organs. His name is Thomas uh, Beatty. Yeah. Now, I was I was emailed this story from listener Lily the Lilac. Okay. <laughs> I feel all the better for knowing we have a listener out there called Lily the Lilac. Whatever you do, do not borrow money from her and don't pay her back is all I have to say. Okay, without question. Okay. Is now, she available on Tuesdays? And never mind, never mind. Okay. Go ahead with the story. Honestly, I'm not I'm not quite sure. Don't okay. know the personal life. Continue. But she has let me know that there was a man that gave birth to a baby, but he was originally a woman. Doesn't count. Reproductive organs. Does not count. Okay, so I, I agree, yeah. but there, there has been, uh, they called it, and they call it ectopic implantation, and they're actually working on it, Coach. Mm-hmm. So that is, that's they actually the term. Yep. They're trying to do this, and uh, so basically they want, they think that there could be times down the line where a woman will like, have, like, be pregnant, mm-hmm. Okay. And because, for some reason, like, she might die if, or the baby would die if, like, she continues to carry it. Yep. So, they would actually move the fetus mm-hmm. to the man, and because the man would actually have half of the characteristics of the baby, somehow, mm-hmm. the man would be able to carry the baby coach. So, yeah. there actually is now, like, scientific reasoning that yep. there possibly maybe could that you could do this. And it might actually be needed in some instances, rare, mm-hmm. obviously, extremely rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I think, uh, not that it's going to become commonplace, but I think it will. When you talk about all the, the incredible scientific things and technological things we can do, somehow finding a way for a baby to gestate for nine months in a male's body, uh, you know, it's pretty amazing, but... Again, considering some of the things modern medicine and technology can do, Big Dog, it's within the realm of possibility. Yeah, well, uh, it's definitely a possibility, I guess. So they're actually testing it, Coach. It's, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. they're actually considering right. that this might actually be not something, hey, let's see if we can do it. Right. Let's see if we can clone a goat. I feel, feel somewhat vindicated, and I want to thank uh, Lily the Lilac for bringing that info up. What else you got? <laughs> uh, I have a, a fact that in a place called Warren County, okay, okay. down in uh, it's, it's down in Georgia, just south of Atlanta, mm-hmm. okay. Um, after a game, a, uh, <laughs> this Warren High School student, they lost twenty-one-two. They were upset with the coach's game plan, and before they got on the bus to go back home, they decided to beat the coach down. The head coach <laughs> of the football team, literally. Yes. <laughs> and we're complaining here in Chicago about Jay Cutler. Via the quarterback coaching, giving an FU to the uh, offensive coordinator, Mike Martz, who was way upset, most overblown story I've seen in the Chicago sports page in a long time. But here is a bunch of uh, high school players? Yes. Who physically accosted the coach after, what was the score of the game, 21-2? 21-2. Two. Two. So their only score, the only score was a safety. Wow. So maybe they had something to be concerned about. You know what I mean? I could just imagine me going eventually. That's, Why did you run the VR eight times in a row? You know, so. <laughs> that's that's taking it to another level, though. They're actually physically beating the guy up. That's all I have for you today. I would have more in the future, Coach. Beautiful. Just, Beautiful. You know, well, you know, regularly on semi-regular now on Wednesdays, we'll do a segment called Seek, and ye shall find an emailers, uh, you know, listeners, you want to email in, you want more of the non-sports page stuff, Big Dog and Coach, to 
wax poetic on general information from politics to movies to odd things that are happening? You know, we take suggestions. We don't necessarily listen to them, but we take suggestions, absolutely. Mike, two guys, AOL.com, speak your piece, and uh, we will listen to our fine listeners out there. MIC and the number two. Mike, two guys, AOL.com. Yet it. I just got to say, I'm kind of surprised that you think the Cutler thing is overblown. I do. Well, he... well, 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 what happened, by the way? Since you, since you went over it real quick, Coach, well, you know I don't read it. Because I, I, I do agree with you. Because if I were Cutler, I'd be saying the same exact thing. But you, happened, you, you typically don't. You typically seem to side with the well, coach in these types of situations. You now I've got it. Well, okay, I've got issues with Cutler, but here's here's the deal. Apparently, they've caught it on camera, Big Dog, where during a, a break in the action, Cutler, or after a third down, they're coming off and fourth down when they're going to punt. Cutler's going over to talk to who's our quarterback now, Coach. Uh, I forget the guy's name. I, I and anyhow, the uh, they caught Cutler. Verbally, you can barely hear it, and you can definitely mouth read it. Tell Marge to f you. And people, you know, some people are building that up. There's like front the front page of the sports page. Hey, like damn Pompey is yeah. on his high horse. Oh my God, how could he do this? Yeah. La, la, la. Cutler is not a leader. The rest of us would be fired if we did that. You know, he didn't do it right to Mike Marge's face. He did it via third person, just in the normal frustration of the game. I'm not saying it's good, but highly, highly overrated. What do you think, Tom? Uh, uh, I am the utmost. I'm old school. I'm all about you respect your coach. Well, you know I am, Coach. Well, and I, I I'm am, too. I'm all about that fall in line. But to be honest with you, what Mike Marks has done to that young man the last season and a half has been ridiculous. I'm surprised he's still standing. The fact that that's all he said, that he hasn't actually done a Latrell speed roll to P.J. Carlissimo to actually try to choke him out. <laughs> why do you think Marks is a, Why do you think Marks calls the plays from upstairs? <laughs> I give him a 100% pass, and I'm going to say I'm never going to give another guy a pass again. You need to respect your coach. You need to respect your teammates. You need to do the right thing. But if one guy deserves to give the big F.U. bomb to a coach, it's Cutler to Marks. Period. That's enough. I'm, you know how I feel about Mike Marks. Run the ball, Mike. Mm-hmm. Now, now, speaking of F, said the big, you know, front page of the sports page. F in leadership and a picture of Cutler Dam Pompey's article. Lead front page of the sports page. F in leadership. The article goes on to fire on Jay Cutler as a very poor leader, and that's the the lead thing. Is the F U he gave to Mike Marks as an example of how he's you know not a good coachable player. But some of the other examples he uses, I kind of agree with. And that is the staring down of his receivers, which a lot of people this year, hey, Cutler's finally taking some leadership. He's getting after his receivers and getting mad at his offensive linemen. You know, a Dane Sonsenbacher drops a ball, and you come off swearing at him and giving him the stare down and a couple other receivers or an offensive lineman jumps offside. I don't think that necessarily is great leadership. A lot of people think, oh, hey, finally, Cutler is, uh, you know, stepping forward and showing some emotion. I... That's not the kind of mo- emotion I would want from my leader. So I agreed with that part of Pompey's article. What do you think about that? Coach, you know, it, it's funny. As everybody compares Cutler to Brett Favre. And when I see uh, Cutler act that way, I compare him to Dan Marino, who I think is one of the most overrated players, the quarterbacks in the history of this league. I can't tell you how many times, because how about when I was growing up as a kid, how often the Miami Dolphins would be on, on national television. They'd always be like the, like the noon game if the Bears were on. So I saw a lot of Marino. He'd always be yelling and swearing at his receivers if they dropped the ball, crying and being a, a crybaby to his linemen and his, his teammates and telling his coaches off. And no matter what, oh, he set all the records. 
Dan Marino always came up short in the end. So it, it, I don't want Jay Cutler to turn into this pouty little yelling at his receivers and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll see what happens. If he, you know, it's kind of hard to lead when you're running for your life, and that's basically what Jay Cutler has done for a season and a half as a, as, a, as a Chicago, but the last season and a half as a, as the Bears quarterback. So mm-hmm. I, I just want the kid to get some time. Maybe if he actually they, he was in an office where he wasn't getting killed, he could a, actually be a little bit happier, friendlier. You know what I'm, I mean? Uh, a yeah. more upbeat. I'm with you halfway on that, but I'm not. I'm not going to go the full circle because I still think there's. Way too many people protecting, you know, Jay. Uh, I still think Cutler has some attitude issues and performance. Everybody says, oh, you know, give him some blocking. You give him the proper receivers, and he'll be a great quarterback. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not convinced yet. Now, the last two games, no question about it. His best two games as a Chicago Bear, no complaints at all. But two games do not tell the tale from what I've seen, Big Dog. Still too many way, uh, bad decisions, a lot of interceptions. I don't think anybody the last two and a half years – has led the league in more balls that should have been intercepted. I mean, oh, no, no, once yeah. or twice a game, yeah. he gets away with balls that are dropped, and sooner or later that's going to catch up to him, too. So um, I'm not uh, talking play, Coach. I'm talking attitude, okay? And you have different types of attitudes around the league. Like Tom Brady, you know what? If you if you don't know the results, you just see how he acted. Yep. You can be like, wow, he was screaming at his lineman, and, and, he, and he screamed at his, his wide receiver for – uh, one in the wrong cut. Is he a crybaby? Oh, uh-uh. He has three championship rings. He never loses at home. He always performs in a clutch. So he's not a crybaby. Then you see Drew Brees. Oh, that's all right, baby. Don't worry. We got you when a guy drops the ball. Oh, I'm in hostile side. Hey, you better get my back next time. And he slaps him on the back. So, oh, he's not a leader. He doesn't take control of the offense. No, no. He's just a champion and one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. So mm-hmm. if Jay Cutler got time and was performing, nobody – when he stored on a stared on a receiver, he'd be a leader. And when he yelled at alignment, he'd be a leader. The fact that he's running for his life and always and throw ahead and actually making him to the point where exactly what you said, coach, he throws balls all the time that should be intercepted. Now all of a sudden he's he's pouty, he gets an F in leadership, it's all that stuff. So okay. that's what it's about. If he if the Bears start winning and the offense starts moving the ball They'll probably be protecting Cutler, and then we'll then the whole story will come out about Jay Cutler. He's going to be the Bears' quarterback for the next three or four years, so we're going to find out. They're not going to be this bad on their offensive line for that long. All right, fair enough, fair enough. By the way, uh, London, we haven't talked anything about it. Tomorrow's Football Friday. We'll break it down a little bit more, but um, London, Wembley Stadium, big dog. The Bears taking on Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers uh, should be an interesting matchup uh, the game itself, pretty good. Tampa Bay coming fresh off of a big win over New Orleans. The Bears needing a victory. So even if it wasn't in London, it would be a, a very interesting, one of the better matchups in the NFL. The fact that it's in London, pro, I, I, con, I, how, how's that going to affect the beloved? I, I, it, hopefully it doesn't affect them at all. Hopefully they go out and Tampa Bay has the same exact issues that we have about it. Um, I love the fact that they play in England once a year. I know some people don't. Folks, this, I know it's America's game, but there's other people in the world that actually love it. Let's embrace the fact that other people in, on this planet have embraced American football. The Germans have, the English have, maybe nobody else has. So I have no problem going over there and playing. I love the fact that we do, Coach. Now, I'm just thinking about this. this. Can you imagine the Monday after you're flying back? Do you know how sore you are after playing a 
a football <laughs> game. I can't even imagine how sore you are after playing an NFL game. Yep. And being in a plane for like eight hours, I don't feel bad for these guys. They make hundreds of no, thousands I've, of dollars uh, a game. I find a plane but, very relaxing, quite frankly. Not after you just <laughs> ran in. Not after you ran into yeah. uh, Ahmad Bradshaw 22 times if you're Brian Erlacher. Mm-hmm. Okay, though, that's not going to. used to be a lot it. better when, you know, the, you'd have a stewardess there to comfort you, but now. Now you have a flight attendant. Yeah, and yeah. Earl. Yeah, who's got, who's got back hair and uh, and bad ankles. I was laughing a little bit because we got an email from Lance Briggs's one white relative. <laughs> <laughs> Lance Briggs's one white relative wants to know, do you think the Bears will be inspired as they walk up to Wembley Stadium and see the statue for Rashan Salam in the northwest corner of the stadium? Absolutely they will. Uh, I did not know that they actually I made a statue. Did not either. I didn't. He also recommended that uh, the Bears, you know, for their Friday night or Saturday night meal, check out Curtis Enos's Steakhouse on Fourth and Cloverleaf in London. Uh, the, coach, whatever you do, whatever you do, you'd rather have the fish and chips while you're there. <laughs> Nobody can do it like Curtis Enos. Oh goodness! Uh, we appreciate the humor from Lance Briggs' one good. white relative. All right, well, we'll we'll break into it more on a football Friday. Big Dog, you do need to do uh, just a wee bit of homework as uh, you went 0-3 and and beat the Schmoes. So many of your female fans and listeners, the fans of the Big Dog, expecting better things next week. Well, uh, let's just go. You always say to me, oh, yeah, you do better when you just make the picks off the cuff. Every time I do that, I go (laughs) 0-3. Every time. Every time I think I'm out, I always have a good week. All right. And last week, admittedly, I did the picks while uh, you and David Olson were doing the picks. Mm -hmm. So. All right, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. By the way, speaking of statues, I think I read in the paper, correct me if I'm wrong, at the United Center this Saturday, Blackhawk Hockey, they will unveil uh, the first two hockey statues. Stan Makita and Bobby Hall will have their own statues, Big Duck. Statues becoming very popular, but certainly in the world of Blackhawk Hockey, those are two uh, more than well-deserved. You know, it's pretty cool that the the Bobby Hall statue is the first statue that actually wobbles. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's the first statue in America that actually has uh, red cheeks because he's so drunk. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, you have to give the statue a breathalyzer. Yeah, yeah. Bobby liked to have a good time. He gave the fans a lot. Tremendous. I've told you this before. Some of my best childhood memories are of going to Hawks games and watching Bobby Hall fly up the right side of the ice as the crowd reaches, the crowd noise reaches a crescendo, and he reached back for that slap shot. Whether he made a goal or not, the anticipation and the power of his slap shot, the blonde flowing hair as he went into his slap shot mode, it was uh, was pretty chilling, Big Dog, for a young 12-year-old kid. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the greatest athletes that has ever performed in the history of Chicago, is yep. Bobby Hall. Yep. Flat out, flat out, so... Yep. No question about it. Uh, 888-463-6748. Again, you want to check in here. Big Dog and a coach scamming the globe here, or spanning the globe, I should say. Hopefully not. Scamming the globe, variety of topics from Mohamar Gaddafi's passing away to the NBA lockout. Talked a little football here. Um, baseball, Big Dog. We had a World Series game yesterday. Pretty good game. Kind of yeah, kind of as we, we predicted. Nobody watched, but it's a great matchup. Two good baseball teams, and, and the weird thing about it, it's going to be great baseball, I think, from start to finish, even though nobody's watching. Uh, it should be a pretty good game. Now, uh, Lance Berkman hits a, a two-hopper that flies over the, the first base of Michael Young's head, and uh, that drives in the first two runs of the game. I mean, it was not a hard-hit ball whatsoever. 
and Mike Napoli hits a two-run jack off of uh, Chris Carpenter in the in the top of the fifth the inning after to tie it up. So it's a two-two game, and uh, eventually they uh, the Rangers bring in Alexei Ogondo, who's been just he's a former outfielder that had such a good arm mm-hmm. and an easy way of throwing the ball that the scouts were like, you know, we should make this guy a pitcher. They do, and now he's one of the more dominant pitchers in the in the game of baseball. Similar to the White Sox closer Sergio Santos. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, well, kind of similar, but they made Ogando a starter. He won 13 games this year, but he threw way too many innings, so his arm was getting tired, so they put him in the bullpen, and now he's just blowing people away. He's pitching against Alan Craig. Two high fastballs blows right past him, and then he got a ball down in the zone. He flips it out there. Nelson Cruz can't make the play. Cardinals went 3-2. to two. Yeah, And that right. game took forever. Tony La Russa, oh, my goodness. As advertised. More often. As advertised. Six, I think six pitching changes, right? Oh, my goodness. Tony La Russa, I mean, and does he have to take 25 minutes to get to the mound? Could he at least, like, uh, let the guy know he's coming in so by the time <laughs> he gets to the mound, the reliever will be out there? I mean, that's like uh. five minutes. Didn't bother me, but I wasn't watching. But um, we had, I think the question we asked yesterday, I think the key to the whole thing is can the St. Louis Cardinal bullpen continue to hold up, perform miracles, whatever you want to call it, because they were ineffective for the most part of the season, and now they've been just completely the opposite. Can they hold up in the World Series? The answer after game one, Big Dog, with five relievers combining for zero runs, the final three pressure-packed innings, answer after after game one was yes with an exclamation mark. Their bullpen was outstanding. Five guys got nine out. <laughs> and they were pressure back, coach. They were runners on. Basically what would happen is a guy would come in, get his first guy out, get the second guy out, then two guys would get on, and then another guy would have to come in in order to get that guy out of the jam. And then he would start the next inning, let two guys on, and somebody else would have to. It was like four guys got the previous guy out of the jam. Mm-hmm. This was what happened throughout the whole game. Mm-hmm. All right, Cardinals win it three to two. Pitching matchup game two tonight. Jaime Garcia, is it Jamie or Jaime? By the way, come on, coach. It's Jaime. He's from. He's the first I've... Mexican-born pitcher yeah. to pitch in the World Series since Fernando Valenzuela in I 1981. Only, I only ask because I've heard more than a couple professionals, and I don't claim to be a professional. We just do a little one-hour amateur sports talk radio show. Darn proud of it, by the way. But uh, I've heard a couple of the quote-unquote pros calling him Jamie Garcia. But you, in fact, tell me it should be Jaime. I wouldn't call yourself an amateur coach. Close. Please don't call me one. Okay. I apologize. Jaime Garcia against Colby Lewis. Uh, pretty good pitching matchup, but two guys that probably won't go past the sixth inning, right, Big Dog? There's a bunch of slow tossers. These guys, they, they lob it up there. They try to throw it in a, in a spot where the batter can't hit it, and uh, they've done a real good job of it. It's, but then again, you know, it's going to be in the mid-40s when this game is taking Ooh. place. Does it really matter? And an 88-mile-an-hour fastball is going to look like Dwight Gooden's wow. out there. Freezing so. cold yesterday in St. Louis Stadium. Uh-huh. Yeah, and windy. Cold. I don't know. Hopefully the wind won't be as bad. But, but we've talked. We always mention it early in the season. You know, baseball, a tremendous sport, wonderful game. It's brutal in cold weather. And that appears, at least the games in St. Louis, what they're going to be experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait till the series gets back to Texas. So mm-hmm. it's actually decent baseball conditions. Yep. yep. Hey, real quick, uh, Chicago Cubs, the team so near and dear to your heart. Uh, apparently, there's a press conference scheduled. Apparently, Theo Epstein is going to bring his number one assistant from his days in Boston, now the general manager of the San Diego Padres, Jed Hoyer. So it's going to be Theo as the POP. 
or POO, the president of operations. Jed Hoyer is the general manager. Big Dog, do you think it'll come to fruition? And if so, good move or bad move? Yeah, and I guess uh, the Red Sox and Cubs have uh, figured out which players that uh, the Cubs are going to give up, and it's not any of their top three prospects or anybody on their major league roster. So as long we'll as it's not Tyler Colvin, I'm okay. Yeah, I would. I think they're going to have Tyler Colvin. Nope, as as nope, nope, nope. Okay. Well, hopefully you're right about him. I, I don't. I don't want. We don't need a guy hitting 255 with 15 home runs playing right field. Trey McNutt is the name no! that's floating around. No. Not Trey McNutt. Who is Trey McNutt? Right-handed power pitcher. Okay. Is he? Yes. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. I thought, so I thought it, that. It's, it, it, they're saying, and this is the tribu- what the Tribune is saying, they're going to give up a high-level prospect and a low-level prospect. Interesting. And the okay. high-level is going to be, it looks Trey? like it's going to be Trey McNutt. Now, I don't know much about Trey McNutt. Big Dog, is he the kind of pitcher that likes to keep the ball down on the zone? No, no, I think he's I think he's the guy that actually throws the high heat coach. Okay. Does he like to get ahead in the count? He definitely likes to put the head in the house. <laughs> count, yes, yes. Oh, in that case, we better not lose him. Yeah, All right. he, well, he loves the pitch for the league. Yeah, I hate too. to lose a player, but let's get the damn deal done. Uh-huh. And there's also general manager news on the other side of town. Uh, cause oh? Rick Hahn is going to be talking with the Anaheim Angels. Yeah. yeah, Rick Hahn is a prime. I mean, he needs to get it. Maybe San Diego. Jed Hoyer is going to be most likely out if the rumors are true. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're Rick Hunt, you want to go to San Diego, which is so much better than living in Anaheim and with the Angels. But then again, one team has a hundred and twenty-five million dollar payroll, and the other one has a twenty-five million dollar payroll. Yeah. I'll tell you, that's so, that's what, what's better the, the the way you live or the benefits of your job. It's cake or cake with ice cream. You become the head general manager, your you know, your dream job in Anaheim or a San Diego. You might be right for winning purposes, slight advantage to Artie Arturo, whatever the owner's Artie name Moreno. is. Yeah, Artie Moreno, uh and the Anaheim Angels, but you know what, if you got to fall back to San Diego, not a bad place to go either. They they say Padres actually had a decent season last year, right? They they continue to have decent seasons yeah. because every every one of their players knows that they have a chance to play in the major leagues, and they also know that they're auditioning for every other team in, in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, they run a tight ship over there. Yeah. I think 92 victories for a team this payroll was not very big. So hopefully that's an indication of the effectiveness. No, of, no, they, uh, did, they didn't win 92 games. No? no. 82. Eh, whatever it was. Okay. But okay. Jed Hoyer did a pretty good job with the Padres. Uh, it appears he will be the guy making some of the decisions for our Cup. Uh, you know what? I They've been doing it on the cheap in San Diego for a long time, and they continue to have a bunch of really good players come through that system. Mm-hmm. I, that's a decent signing, I'm, I'm guessing. Nate Colbert still part of the Padres, or is he retired? Uh, Coach, yeah, he still comes off the bench with a little pop. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Well, from what I understand, uh, Epstein is still going to be in charge of the player personnel. Okay. And then uh, second in command is just going to be in charge of the day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thiel so, will still be making so, the, the big decisions. Yeah. So Hoyer is considered the general manager yep. in terms of title, but he took a lesser job in terms of what some other what, what some other general managers might do. Yeah, and that's again, this is where we're assuming we haven't heard any official announcement. So he left San Diego to go to Chicago yep. for a lesser job, so possibly more money. Yep. Yep, lesser, yeah, less total control. I would think that would be the case. 
But we'll see. We'll see. Tomorrow's a day off. They have to, if they're going to hold a press conference and make the announcement, you're not allowed to do it during the World Series. So if they make the announcement tomorrow, they have to get special permission from the Major League Baseball. Big deal. That's the way it works. You know what? I didn't realize that because I just want to let Major League Baseball know the only reason why I was watching the game last night was to find out news about the Cubs. So you're watching the World Series just so you can hear about the Cubs' potential management change. Yeah, that's what I said about there because my buddy's like, oh. it's football season now. Yeah. Why are you watching baseball? So I, I yelled that out to everybody laughing now. So oh, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, the, the mighty in this case being the World Series. All right, dog and a coach. We got about uh, ten minutes left in the show here. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. You want to check in? We'd love to hear from you. User friendly sports talk radio here. Big dog and the coach. Real quick and again, football Friday tomorrow, dog. But uh, the college football slate, pretty good. Not going to say it's the best Saturday of the season, but pretty good, including uh, maybe the best matchup was Wisconsin at. Michigan State, got to take your get your take on this game. I think ESPN's what do they call it? Their uh, game day crew, yeah, is going to be in East Lansing. So great atmosphere. The Badgers against the Spartans, basically for the Big Ten championship. Um, well, well, no, it's not. I take that no, back. No, because they're in the ones yep. in the leaders, yep. ones in the the Legends division. I so, almost forgot. But but this does kind of like who will be the top ranked. Big Ten team in terms of the, the national polls, without question, this is that's going to be the the higher one will be the winner of this mm-hmm. game, uh, and it's also like the greatest offense in America in Wisconsin against one of the top ranked defenses in America. I'm not saying Michigan State is better than Alabama or LSU, please people or Oklahoma. Let's make sure you're hearing what I'm saying. They're the second best statistically in the country after Alabama. They're up there. They're, if you ask Michigan if Michigan State can play some defense, Jernard Robinson would definitely agree that they could. So uh, we'll see. And, like, and the Michigan State team is really good up front, Coach, and I forget the name of the guy, but they've got like a, they got a 340-pound fat dude in the middle that just clogs everything up. And if you're going to beat Wisconsin, you better have some size up front to slow down those big hogs that push everybody around. So mm-hmm. we'll see if Wisconsin's power with their ability to fling it around the field this year will enable them to beat Michigan State, who they did not beat last season. Yeah, it's a little bit more um, flashy offense for Wisconsin this year, primarily because of the quarterback, Russell Wilson. It's not as methodical. And they've they've had good offenses in the past, but this year's team has got a little – it's not only good and they can run the ball, but they got that extra spark with a great quarterback and good receivers too. Now, and I understand that five or six or seven teams could make the same claim, Big Dog. But we've been talking about Wisconsin since the season started, and they've proven us true. If if they run the table, if they run the table, it would be an absolute shame if they did not get a chance to play for the national championship. Yeah, it would be. And and, and trust me, this the first BCS rankings of the season, Coach, were dramatic for a couple teams, and they were Oklahoma State, who is ranked everywhere from 6th to ninth. They're the fourth team. And Wisconsin, which is ranked fourth in pretty much every poll, is the sixth team in the BCS. So what that means is if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma and runs the table and the Alabama-LSU winner runs the table, those two teams are going. Wisconsin will be out. Oklahoma State will be going to the national title game. Unless something dramatic happens, and very rarely are, is there flippage going on in the mm-hmm. in the standings, especially when you consider who both of these teams are playing the rest of the way. And I'm going to tell you this straight up right now: 
I, I, I would think Wisconsin can play with either one of those teams, but if Oklahoma goes undefeated, they deserve to be in the national title game, the same with the winner of the Alabama LSU game. Over, and, was, over Wisconsin. And you know how big of a diehard Big Ten fan yeah. I am. Why, just out of curiosity, why would you say that? And I'm not knocking down if Oklahoma and, who'd you say, Alabama? Alabama or the LSU winner, yeah. an undefeated Alabama LSU winner. Either of those two teams run the table. They've beaten an awful lot of good teams, particularly Alabama LSU. So it's not a cut down to them. But why would you say it's okay for them and not for Wisconsin? But for Oklahoma, you mean? And Alabama LSU winner. Well, without a doubt, if LSU does it, their their schedule this year, if they go undefeated with their schedule, they are in the national title game. As a matter of fact. They might be the fifth seed in the NFC. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's that's how good LSU's schedule has been this year. So, uh-huh. and Alabama's schedule is going to be just a notch down. Well, not just a notch down. It's definitely lower than LSU's. But if they beat LSU, I'm going to have to say, you know, they got to be in the title game. So you, now you get involved in the Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma State, without a doubt, I would have Wisconsin. You can compare them, and you can compare Wisconsin to Oklahoma too. So I guess it all depends on if the. the Wisconsin played nobody in the offseason, Coach, in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Let's admit it. Their knockoff schedule was ridiculous, and that's going to hurt them more than anything. So one, one could argue then, and I know the B, you can't argue with the BCS. They don't, uh, you know, they don't take phone calls. They don't hold press conferences, the BCS. But one could argue then the LSU-Alabama winner, uh, the champion there, if they run the table, I don't think anybody can question that team, deserves to play for the national championship. But could one say, again, assuming both teams continue on, undefeated that Wisconsin should be the team playing the Southeast Conference champ, not Oklahoma. No, no, I, you, you can make that argument, and I, I am not anointing Oklahoma yet. Let's see how this season pans out. Yeah. Okay, definitely. And don't forget, Coach, we didn't even mention Boise State, and we didn't even mention Clemson. Okay? And yeah. Well, right I, did, now, I did preface it by saying I know there's five or six other teams that could make the same claim, and those are two of the five. And I didn't even say Stanford, either. Yep. So, but if the Big Ten is not as bad as everybody is claiming that it is, Penn State can play some football. Illinois can play football. Ohio State is nowhere near as bad as everybody thought they were. Don't forget, they just got four starters back that were suspended all season. Would you say so, Indiana is better than the scores would indicate? Feel free to say no. No, so, so I would have to say they were much better than the 59-7 to shellac <laughs> they took at Wisconsin-Camp I mean, legitimately, uh, Coach, that game could have easily been 59-14. Right. to 14. I'm sure your sarcasm is appreciated by our many listeners. I remind you, Big Dog, don't insult our already dwindling listening audience out in Indiana. Well, I, if you think about it, we're gaining in many parts of the world. Yes. I know we're losing in Indiana. That is problematic. The Congo, South gaining. Africa. Uh, Lithuania, you said where? In North Korea, you said we're big? Huge, Coach, huge. Yes. So those countries are going up. Indiana, unfortunately, we're having trouble holding listeners. That's too bad. Coach. But I'm sure as we start waxing poetic on Purdue basketball and uh, my man crush on Robbie Hummel, things will come back. Yeah, Robbie Hummel coming back for another <laughs> year, isn't he? <laughs> I, I hope he so. he got a medical rush shirt, I think. Yes. Unfortunately, the rest of the good players on the Purdue team have graduated. If he would have come back last year, they might have won a national championship. But I do believe the uh, six foot seven inch boy wonder is coming back. How healthy, how good he'll be after the two ACLs, we will see. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, I don't feel too sorry for too many people, but he's had a rough, yep. rough yep. career. Because if you consider how great he was right when he came out, yep. yeah, this, yeah, college basketball. Yep. Speaking about that, coach, yeah, he had a, he had a Bobby Humble and. 
it's out there. And as an Illinois fan, I know there's not going to be a lot of expectations for this team, but they've got a tough team with a lot of heart and a lot of smart kids for a mm-hmm. change. I, I'm really excited about how good Illinois basketball is. It's going to be going to be interesting to watch. If you are, uh, do happen to be a college hoops fan, uh, two guys in a mic show, I promise you we'll talk uh, plenty, plenty college hoops as the uh, season starts to get near and certainly through the three or four months of the season. Hey, real quick, 30 seconds left. I meant to mention apparently in Miami. They're playing um, Denver this week, and apparently yeah. with Tim Tebow named as the quarterback, they're reporting they've sold like 10,000 extra tickets. Give me 30 it's seconds 20, on your thought. How much? It's up to 20,000 now. Just based on the fact Tim Tebow is quarterbacking now. Over the last three days, they've sold 20,000 tickets. How do you, as a semi-logical sports fanatic, Big Dog, how do you explain the Tim Tebow love? Okay, just to let you know, in Florida, they did a poll in Florida, and they, they polled 10,000 people. And they asked them, what is your favorite, Tim Tebow, the Jaguars, the Dolphins, or the Buccaneers? Tim Tebow received 73% of the vote. Wow. How many did Jeb Bush get? Um, I, I don't think he received any, Coach. He was actually on the list, <laughs> by the way. I guess he didn't actually. The Jaguars actually were above him. He might okay. have been ahead of the Dolphins now. Gotcha. All right, so that that's the popularity of Tim Tebow. They just they. All-American guy, Florida. How many national championships did he lead him to? Uh, well, one and a half because he was the quarterback in 08. But uh-huh. in 06, he was the backup goal line guy uh-huh. behind Chris Lee. Going to be pretty cool to watch. And, uh, you know, Miami-Denver, an otherwise game that nobody would be watching. Peeking in on the performance of a Tim Tebow will make that game at least a little watchable. And Miami is, uh, what do you call it, they're celebrating the 2008 Florida National Champions at that game. Ah, very good. All right, dog, we'll talk tomorrow. Football Friday, beat the schmoes. We'll get football intensive, make some prediction, and have more fun, okay? Be good? Coach, I will only be on the show via phone call tomorrow for a short time. God bless you. Good luck in the hot pursuit, by the way. Uh, I I need it. All right. (laughs) Producer extraordinaire David Olson, great job. It's the two guys in a mic show, talkzone.com. We appreciate your listening. Take a little bit of time out with us. Do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. If you like the show, tell a friend. We'll see you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.